0: Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. Today, we are live from AMA Symposium for Higher Ed in Chicago. Day two today. Um, it's been a great show so far and excited for another two days. For today's episode, I'm really excited to talk about breaking down silos in higher ed. For that, uh, we have Mila Edmond today. She is the AVP of Communications and Marketing at California State University, Dominguez Hills. And she's also the co chair for planning of the planning committee at AMA as well. That is Welcome great. to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: It's going to be awesome. Um, I love asking icebreakers to start the show off. Okay. And I'd love to ask you, what is your favorite thing about AMA?
1: My favorite thing about the American Marketing Association Symposium for the Marketing of Higher Education is the community. This place is filled with people who not only have done this work a long time, but they love this work. And I think what's unique about it is we're not necessarily in competition with each other Mm -hmm. so if you need help with something need suggestions want to talk through a strategy with someone they are more than willing uh, to have the conversations and share their ideas and insights with you Uh, so i think it's the strongest thing there are a couple of things i like but the thing i like most is definitely the community
0: i definitely echo that and i know i've tried to attend two sessions that are just completely full and so it's it's definitely busy, and everyone wants to learn more and educate themselves, so it's exciting. And yeah, the part about open communication, uh, Ann Peters, who I hope to have on the show um, after this week, is I went to her presentation yesterday around branding and bringing it to the executive level, and she shared her mistakes that yes. she's done at the school, too, and I thought that was very like humbling and saying, like, hey...
1: Yes, and it's, it's true. I mean, we don't get it right every time. Right. And so I do think this is a space by which people not only feel comfortable sharing that, mm-hmm. but the people they share it with don't weaponize it either. They take it down as a note, appreciate hearing it, and make sure that they improve their process when they go to implement some of the things that they've heard. This
0: is fantastic. Well, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your role at uh, California State University, Dominguez Hill?
1: Yes. So as the AVP, um, I'm charged with really, I I like to think of it as three things. Mm -hmm. Um, Defining and identifying the distinctions of the institution, amplifying those distinctions to Mm -hmm. the audience that cares about them most, and then helping to establish congruence between who we say we are and who we are. Uh, And really what that boils down to is lining up the experience, the expression of that experience, Mm -hmm. and the expectations that people have for that experience.
0: That's fantastic. And what are some of the key areas you're working on today?
1: You know, I think my colleagues at this conference and I are, are working on the same things, making sure that we are communicating openly with our with our various audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the state of higher ed being what it is, it's gotten increasingly competitive, and right. so. I think for marketers, we are focusing on how we can partner with our enrollment management colleagues and Mm -hmm. figure out how to develop authentic messaging to students who are interested in our institutions and leading with values. Uh, So I think that what that looks like is, you know, I think with marketing, people always want to talk about the output. Uh, So website management, social media engagement, Mm -hmm. and ensuring that materials that are produced across the campus have the same, you know, mission, vision, and values and, and they are branded well to reflect the institution's mission, vision, and values.
0: Fantastic. And you know, I'm curious, have you had time to go to sessions the last two days? I have. On the I have yes, yeah, I okay. have
1: had time. I definitely want to make sure that not only I want to participate as an attendee, uh-huh. but also I want to see what experiences the attendees are having uh-huh. as a as a co-chair of the planning committee. Uh, because that's important to me. So I have had a chance to go to some sessions. Yes. Is there
0: anything that stood out like that would be insightful? Just so like one takeaway from the last. I know it's only been a day and a half. So. Yes. <laughs> but any takeaways from the day and a half? Uh,
1: I think I'm hearing some common things just around. And it's funny because it's all fundamentals. You know, I think yeah. that a lot of mm-hmm. times we've gotten so sophisticated with what we're able to do and what tools we have and technology we can use really listening to our audience and I think what's important about that is they've gotten sophisticated and so we have to learn to meet them where they are which is something we all know and we learned that very early on but their tools are changing and the way that they talk about our institutions are changing so really just taking the time to get to know our audience and communicate to them in the ways that they prefer Uh, The other thing I would say is just listening to how my colleagues are managing all the things that we're charged with. Yeah. You know, we are not just in charge of brands. There's reputation. There's crises and issues management. There's there's so much wrapped up in what we have to do. And then as a manager, you have to figure out how to manage your staff and motivate them because they've been doing this work with you. And what I hear from most of our teams Mm -hmm we don't have enough people to do what we, we need to do uh, and, and also managing the expectations of our campus leadership. So is there one thing? Maybe not one thing, but I think we're all facing the same things.
0: Oh, that's really great. I know. Eddie, was, Eddie Francis was on the last episode and- I love and, Eddie. Oh, yeah, he's, he's great. He's, <laughs> brings a lot of energy to the table.
1: Every time.
0: He was a radio, uh, radio host early in his career. So I was like, oh, I was a little nervous to talk to him because I know he was going to crush it. His session was around uh, employer branding. And I think one thing I went to that session and one thing I walked away with was the importance of highlighting your employees. And, you know, cause you can't always, you know, hit the goal that you wanted to, but like you know, empowering them to make sure they have the agency to do what they want and also give them praise basically. Right. Like I know They have really, there's really high expectations for them from the top down. So, you know, are you properly praising your employees and your team was like one thing that I, I, that uh, stood with me yesterday's session.
1: It's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can't do the work that we do on our own. Yeah. Team is so important to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that they feel not only recognized, but heard is, is critical.
0: Right. Well, in sort of related to that and going into our topic a little bit more here. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what the process is for breaking down silos and opening communication really at your level um, in higher ed?
1: How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is, it's ever evolving. And anything that I share, you know, I'm not saying it to say that we have it all figured out because I think when you get new people in, you have to change your strategy when Mm -hmm. expectations change, you have to reevaluate what you're doing. But what I would say is keeping the students at the center is the first part of this Mm -hmm. and really understanding what it is that they need. I think because our organizations are so complex, we often pass that down to the students. They don't care that you're divided by this division and this unit and the handoffs that take place between the staff. Mm -hmm. They care about your institution. And so when I think about my students, they care about Cal State Dominguez Hills and what is Cal State Dominguez Hills sharing with them. They don't wanna hear that they have to get this from this department, this from that department, and this from this person. They want a seamless communication experience. And so I have to look at who do I need to talk to to ensure that that happens. And it does take longer. Absolutely, but the payoffs are so much better because your students find that they have a seamless communication experience. Uh, So bringing the right people to the table, and it's often a lot of people bringing them to the table from the start. Don't just create something and then say, hey, check this and tell me what you think. I think feedback is critical and important, but it's even more important to bring people in during the development stage to make sure that you're not just covering things, but the way you cover it makes sense. And so getting feedback along the way is more important than just having somebody check at the end. So you have to ask yourself,
0: Mm.
1: you know, if you're doing this by a topic, who are all the people that touch this particular topic? Or who are all the people that students have to engage with to get this certain thing done? I think that's an important part of making sure that that silos Mm -hmm. are getting busted, is finding out who touches all these you know, this particular thing and making sure that they have buy in and they get to weigh in on what your what your strategy is.
0: Yeah. And that process in itself probably takes a lot of a buying time. to start. Right. To even just finding the, who the key players are for each specific thing is probably difficult, too.
1: Absolutely. One of the things I was interested in was collecting all the different means of communicating to students. And we know mm-hmm. we love email. Mm -hmm. We gotta we gotta get over our over dependence on email. But what I did was I wanted to know by cohort, so I started with first year incoming students. Mm -hmm. What are all the messages they get from our campus? And you can imagine, I think it's significant. But I wanted to do that so we can improve all the communications that our first year students receive. And we started with a group of about thirty five people, and.
0: From like admissions, enrollment, From everyone? Everywhere. Okay.
1: 35 people. And <laughs> just, yes, created a tool for them to input. Uh-huh. What are the messages you send out to first year incoming students? And if you're not sending them and there's something you would like to send, include that too. We mm-hmm. just wanted a really bird's eye view of all the potential messages that were specific to first year incoming students. Mm-hmm. And they weren't behavioral based. It was just cohort based. So okay. this didn't include if a student didn't respond to something or there was some action you wanted a specific student to uh-huh. take. This was for all of them. And we actually did that exercise for first year incoming students, uh, graduating seniors. And we did one more cohort that that is escaping me right now, but we have a list of seven we want to get through. And we've gone to three. So
0: gotcha. The work continues. And how long is that just that process taking to get through? This two
1: has two been cohorts. going on for 18 months.
0: Yep. So I guess that's a good If you think it's taking time, like...
1: It needs to take time. Because you want to do it right, right. and things are fluid. You know, Mm -hmm. like I said, we asked them, what are the messages you send and messages you think you could send? Mm -hmm. So when we went to the next cohort, that was shaping how they inputted their data. Right. Because they had walked through it before. And and I want people to be thorough. I don't want them to feel rushed. Right. We we will take the time.
0: Is there a specific way you've set up this project or ongoing project? Like maybe labeling so that like everyone is involved, or maybe you put standing meetings in time where everyone gets together, like a sprint. Or
1: yeah, so it's what we've do done that. after we finish one cohort,
0: uh-huh.
1: we all revisit. Okay, we agree that the next cohort would be. In this case, it was graduating seniors. Was the second one? Do mm-hmm. we still agree that that's the best move to make next? Gotcha. Okay. Yes, we still agree. Okay, so who wasn't involved in this that should be for graduating seniors? Okay. So you kind of, you don't start all over, but you kind of start all over because you have new people walking in. And I don't want them to feel that they missed something. So you you got the scaffold again. This is what we're doing. This is why you do have an example to show them because now the tool exists. But yeah, and then you start the conversation with this new group and just, again, get them to think about what are all the messages going to this cohort so that Mm -hmm. we can all see them, find ways to collaborate, uh, look at timing, because timing is a big part of this. And we make sure that we're not just sending students messages because we need to check something off of our list. Again, being student-centered is the intent here.
0: Mm -hmm. What have been some of the outcomes of your two early cohorts, have you reduced duplication, like what's 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 that been like?
1: We have been able to get some partnership on some messages. Uh Um, I wouldn't, you know, it's it's difficult to say reduce duplication because sometimes you realize, well, we weren't communicating about this. Oh,
0: okay, you got it.
1: So, you know, I'm not interested in saying we are going to necessarily send less Mm -hmm. or have accounts. There's no perfect number, Mm -hmm. but I do want to make sure the communication is effective. And also give people an opportunity to see that maybe this isn't an email. Maybe this is something else. We have social media accounts. We have other means to communicate with students. We have an app. Uh, we have faculty that could communicate messages to students. Mm-hmm. So really just completely reconsidering how we can communicate to students and will we communicate to students.
0: Has there been anything that like you weren't expecting from going through this exercise, like positive, maybe. negative?
1: I think it wasn't that I wasn't expecting it, but I was certainly encouraged by people wanting to work together on this. Okay. It was just they hadn't been given the space to do it. You know, mm-hmm. no one, no one walked in this meeting in, over Zoom uh, and said, I don't want to do this or I'm not yeah. interested. I think they all understood the importance. And as a, a, you know, in my job, I'm always I have to tie you back to the why. So I was prepared to say, you know, this is why we have to do it. And I didn't have to repeat that they they all got it. You know, it was like this makes sense. I understand now. Let's get this done.
0: That's amazing. Turning the page a little bit mm-hmm. here. I know you've had a lot of experience at different universities, different positions, right, uh, which has led to you to where you are today. Uh, I know you actually started out in alumni relations, and I think this wraps over the wraps up the whole conversation really nicely as well. But. What, have, what did you learn in alumni relations that you're bringing to the table now in the City marketing team uh, and your position as well?
1: I am so thankful that I started at the end, honestly, right. uh, and it wasn't intentional by any means. Right. I saw a job that sounded really fun, and it was ma- managing the marketing communications for an alumni association. Mm-hmm. Starting at the end really helped me understand after I got there for a while that colleagues from admissions all the way through impact the output of alumni relations and the experience that students have mm-hmm. impacts how they engage as alums. And that that lesson stayed with me and I think it's partly why I'm such a collaborator because I understand that if students don't have a good experience either in the student life, in the classroom, or dealing with some of our colleagues on some of their administrative tasks, yeah. they may not have the warm, fuzzy feelings. Even if they stay and get their degree, they may not look back at that time as a favorable time. And so that lesson stuck with me all throughout my career. Uh, and so I'm really thankful that I started at the end of the, the journey because I got to also hear what happens when they did have a great experience. So you have alums coming back for their 40 and 50 year anniversary, right. telling us that this was the best or most memorable part of their life. And it's like, how amazing is that to be a part of someone's most memorable time of their life? We have to get this right.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Do you think there's maybe someone who hasn't had this experience? Like if you had to sum up like. What advice you'd give to them if they're just climbing just through the central team? Like, Do you have any advice to give to someone that you've learned?
1: A marketer just climbing through? I would say don't be afraid to disrupt things. Okay. You know, I, there's. I understand why we go into patterns and say, you know, this is how we've done it. And we just want to make incremental improvements every year. I understand because we're all taxed with more work than we have time to. But if we don't disrupt our thinking, we're not going to create that alignment that I talk about Mm -hmm. because student expectations are changing every single day. They're not just comparing their experience with other universities. They're comparing their experiences with businesses and tech companies and their shopping experiences with their online shopping experiences. So they're not just saying, well, I, I, it's okay. I'm going to give my university a pass on how their technology advances are because it's a university. They're not doing that. If these other companies can figure out how to give them a seamless communication and a really robust online experience, mm-hmm. they expect us to do the same. And so I would say to someone coming in new, Disrupt some things, you know? Even we are leaders, we just sometimes, we get caught up in trying to you know, get things done and somebody has to say, hey, have we ever considered doing it this way? Or just asking questions. I think asking questions is a really strong way to get people to reevaluate how they do things as well. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: what's our process? Why do we do it this way? Is this the best method? Is this the most effective? Are we actually meeting our goals? And one question I always ask that I would encourage anyone to ask is, what is our intent? Sometimes we just jump right in the work right. and we don't even know if we're meeting our
0: intentions. I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to like just go right into tactics and strategy. We got we to
1: gotta, we gotta step back. I, yeah. I do have an example of that. I was, I was talking to a colleague about an event and I just said, you know, as the marketing team, we're supporting this. Right. What are your objectives for this event? And they had a hard time articulating that. So I asked, you know, so give me, I was trying to give examples because I wanted more than, I don't know, you know. Right. So I said, well, are you trying to increase attendance at this event? Uh-huh. Oh, well, yeah, we do want to increase attendance. I said, well, who are we reaching out to to invite? The same people who came in last year. hmm So I said, well, you realize if 100% of those people who came last year come again? you're not going to meet your goal. Right. So I think new people have that really great ability to see things with fresh eyes and ask those questions. So that's why I would tell someone, disrupt things, ask questions, and make sure that we are meeting our objectives.
0: Yeah. I like that you bring that up because the session I attended earlier was around social media Mm -hmm. and reaching Gen Z. And every slide had the word audience growth on it, which was what they believe should be that thing is great in university and it was their goal and that's their goal there's no like there's not 10 goals it's audience growth and that's what everything that they should do on social media should be trying to achieve audience growth and you know i love that they have that vision for it because it makes all the other work that you do like align to a common goal so
1: i was in that session also so oh, uh, really? okay. yeah no and that's that's a great example of we make assumptions that right. people know what our goals are right. and saying audience growth is the goal. Mm-hmm. It makes it very clear for everyone uh, because social, you can do so many things. Uh, engagement right. is part of social media goals. You know, is it, uh, especially when you look at certain channels, LinkedIn, mostly alums and their employees, they're mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Is that audience growth? I don't know. But right. with, with that example that you gave, Everybody's clear about what they're working on, and I think clarity is, as it said, clarity right. is kindness. And so I would say that making sure that everyone understands what the intents are, intentions are, that that is
0: key. It's fantastic. Kind of along the same lines, is is there something you're really excited for in 2024 as we uh, near the end of this year in higher ed?
1: In higher ed, I would say what I'm excited about in 2024. It's really taking, I think, seeing my colleagues get empowered to know what they're capable of. We do so much and this notion of, of reclaiming this narrative of higher education and what it means and what its value is to, you know, society, to our country, to financial you know, institutions of uh-huh. our country. I think understanding our impact, that's what I'm excited for, uh, because it's not just about this output that we produce. It, it's creating, I would say, almost a, I don't want to sound grandiose, but, like, it's its a social movement, if we choose to take it as such. Right. Uh, so I, that's what I'm excited for, to see us walk in our power and our influence, because we have a lot of it. We just, you know get caught up in the day-to-day sometimes and this struggle of trying to right. appease certain certain leaders or, you know, members of our boards or our presidents. And it's so much bigger than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that insight with us today. Yeah, thank
1: you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here and I'm glad that you were able to join the conference this yeah, year.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. Where can our listeners follow up with you to see what you're up to?
1: Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So Myla Edmund, find me on LinkedIn. I'm certainly there uh, participating in conversation around higher ed marketing and just leadership in general.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much again. It's great to have you. And hopefully we can uh, record another episode in the future.
1: Sounds good. Thank right. you.
0: Thank you so much, everyone.